So if you were here last week, we were, uh, perhaps some of us, a little bit educated by Jim Cascarini about Kanye West, and uh, we rejoice that uh, he's uh, met Jesus and he's having an impact around the world. It's great. But I need to tell you, especially you younger guys, that Kanye West may be the latest music legend to have found Jesus, but he hasn't been the first. In the late 1970s, Bob Dylan, who was a musical legend then, and still is to some of us, uh, found faith in Jesus. And the song we were playing from was from his first Christian album, Slow Train Coming. But it was a song that's relevant to what we're talking about this morning. That song was called, You Gotta Serve Somebody. And he picks up a theme that Paul is developing in the passage we're reading today, because it's about slavery and freedom. And this passage doesn't quite say what we... That's Bob Dylan, by the way, in case you didn't know. It doesn't quite say what we perhaps might think. So let's see what Paul wrote about slavery and freedom. This is from the New Living Translation. Well then, since God's grace has set us free from the law, does that mean we can go on sinning? Of course not. Don't you realize you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Thank God, once you were slaves of sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey this teaching we've given you. Now you are free from your slavery to sin, and you have become slaves to righteous living. Because of the weakness of your human nature, I'm using the illustration of slavery to help you understand all this. Previously, you let yourselves be slaves to impurity and lawlessness, which led ever deeper into sin. Now, you must give yourselves to be slaves to righteous living, so that you'll become holy. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the obligation to do right. And what was the result? You are now ashamed of the things you used to do that end in eternal doom. But now you are free from the power of sin and have become slaves of God. Now you do those things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Excuse me. So I've only got two major points this morning that I want us to think about. And the first one is this, slavery or freedom. Now slavery is a pretty ugly word to us. Whether it's historic, colonial slavery, the sort of slavery that Christians like William Wilberforce and others helped to abolish, or whether it's the evil and the scandal of modern-day slavery that still haunts our world. And I guess to most of us here this morning, the idea that we might ever be a slave is pretty unthinkable. And the people that Paul was writing this letter to were Christians in first-century Rome. And let me tell you, they knew a thing or two about slavery. The Roman Empire was founded on a massive slave population. In that culture, it was absolutely clear whether you were a slave or you were a free person. And believe me, it mattered. 
So when Paul picks in his writing this theme of slavery and freedom, you know, if I was his advisor in this campaign, I think I'd be saying, that's a great theme, Paul. Yeah? Slavery and freedom. Brilliant. Jesus has come. He's lived. He's died. He's risen again to free us from slavery. That's a winning message. People are going to love that. But then... Paul seems to confuse the issue. He goes on to say, well, yes, God has freed us from slavery to sin and our old master, but so that we can be slaves of God. If you want to make matters worse, one of Paul's favorite titles for himself is a bond slave of the Lord. What's going on? What's this all about? Well, we need to just give some thought to what freedom really means. You see, the cry for freedom is not new. It's something I believe God has put into the human heart when he made us. I believe every one of us has a heart, a God-given heart desire to live and to flourish. That's God's desire for us. The trouble comes when we try to work out what freedom actually means. Let me give you a little example. You might have seen the Invictus Games. Inspirational. Absolutely amazing. To watch people overcoming difficulties, achieving amazing things. They are brilliant. But they use these two lines from a poet, by William, a poem by William Ernest Henley. I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. Really? You know the Bible would say that's not true. That's what we might like to think but it's not true. Sure it's good for us to take responsibility for our lives but master of my fate? Really? The Bible tells us that we are not the center of the universe. Sorry, spoiler alert, I should have given you one. We are not the center of the universe. To tell you the truth, I struggle even to be the center of my universe. Never mind all the rest of it. In fact, this whole thing was actually a lie right from the very beginning. If you go back to Genesis, the book of beginnings, the Garden of Eden, the serpent's lie was this to Adam and Eve. God is holding back on you. He's holding out. He's keeping all the best stuff for himself. He he wants you not to enjoy the whole things that you could. He wants you not really to enjoy freedom. He's keeping you down. And they fell for the lie. The serpent told them, if you disobey God and you eat from the fruit and you you do your own thing, then you'll truly be free because you'll be like God. That's freedom, isn't it? Being like God must be free. But it didn't work out. Far from finding freedom, they wrecked everything. They messed it up because it wasn't true then and it isn't true now. Freedom, the cry for freedom, comes out in different generations in different ways. So I've lived through a few decades now and it's strange to watch how it changes and channels. It might be freedom from oppressive governments I was around when the Berlin Wall fell down. Freedom. 
might be freedoms from society's rules. I was around in the 60s, free love and drugs didn't really end very well for a lot of people. Freedom from actual slavery, that's, that's, that's great to see, but it's not going across the world. Today, I would suggest to you that our focus of freedom is that we have to be ourselves. I have to be who I really am. I have to live the way I really should live, to express myself. And again, I think that's a God-given desire. I think the key question, the $64,000 question though is, who really are you? How do you know who you are? How do we find out? Do we look inside ourselves? Do we look to those friends around us? Do we look to society? Do we look to philosophy? How can we find out who we really are so that we can be who we really are? Well, some of those things might be helpful, but in the end, I believe what the Bible tells us, that actually the only one who really knows who I am and who knows who you are is the God who made you. The only one who knows who you are is the God that Psalm 139 tells us formed us in our mother's womb. The God who saw us when we were unformed. The God who wrote in his book, pictorially speaking, all the days that we would live before one of them had happened. The God that knows what we are going to say before we start to say it and knows how we're going to end our sentence before we've even finished it. The God that knows us better than we know ourselves. You see, the answer, I think, to what this seems like Paul's riddle, Paul's conundrum, you're set free from slavery so you can be a slave, lies in this, that actually we're set free from a harsh, uncaring, demanding, cruel master. And we're set free to be a slave of God. We're set free to experience true freedom by serving God. A God who loves us more than we can ever know. We've been singing it, encountering that this morning. The God who loves us more than we'll ever know. More than we can grasp. The God who is kind and forgiving. The God who cares for us all, who will never abandon us. We heard it this morning so beautifully through our children. Let's humble ourselves and hear what God is saying through little ones. We get so sophisticated, can't we? The God who will never abandon us. We heard that this morning. The God who passionately believes in us and wants us to be all that he made us for and can see us being that sort of master is worth serving. That's what I want to tell you. We find our freedom in God and serving God. And in case you think this is some sort of new idea that Paul's putting forward, God doesn't change. Let me remind you, there's a, a very well-known part of Israel's history when the people of Israel have rebelled against God and they were in Egypt as slaves as a result of it. And they cried out to God to rescue them. We're in slavery to Pharaoh. Rescue us, God. And God heard their cry. And he raised up a man called Moses. Don't you love this? Cheesy, but fun, hey? 
I think they're going to burst into song any minute now. Do you, do, do you get that impression? But I thought it would remind us, Moses confronting Pharaoh. And God sends Moses to Pharaoh, and he says, what does he say? Anybody know? It's, yeah, it's up there. Tell Pharaoh, let my people go. That's the bit that we kind of all know, isn't it? It's in songs and stuff. Let my people go. But you see, that wasn't the whole message that God sent. Do you know what it was? Then the Lord, in Exodus 8.1, said to Moses, Go into Pharaoh and say to him, Thus says the Lord, Let my people go, that they may serve me. What he's saying is, Pharaoh, you've got my people. Pharaoh, you're a harsh taskmaster. Pharaoh, I'm warning you and I'm telling you, let my people go so they can stop serving you and they can come and serve me. You see, the change of master is so great. So that they can come home to me and serve me and that I can take them into the promised land. That's the story of Israel's history. Can you see the echoes in our story of a savior who comes, who sets us free so that we can serve the one who's going to lead us into all the promises that he's got for us? It's a, it's a sort of a picture. It's a foreshadowing of it. That's what God wanted. He wants his people to come and serve him. You see, Bob Dylan actually got it right. You've got to serve somebody. It may be the devil. It may be the Lord. But you're going to have to serve somebody. That's not a message that our modern minds take to very easily. But it is the truth. And if your reaction is, well, I'm not going to be anybody's slave, I'd encourage you just to search your heart. If you're here today and not a Christian, maybe you're looking for what is life all about, for meaning and fulfillment. That's what God has put in you. Well, I want to tell you, my personal experience from serving God is there's no one else I would rather serve. Being a slave of God is the best thing I have ever done. He's the best master I have ever served. And to serve him brings real freedom. It really does. If you're curious about that and want to find out a bit more, I want to tell you, we run something called Alpha here, and uh, we'll be starting another one in the new year. But you can actually register for that today, and we'll keep you in touch. It's just an easy way. Get together over a meal, hear something more about what I'm talking about, and have a chance to chat about it. What have you got to lose? Really? What have you got to lose? And if you're here today as a Christian, well, I want to say, I want to challenge you. God is blessing our Alpha. Maybe you've got a friend, a neighbor, a work colleague. Why don't you bring them along and see what God will do? Because, as I said before, you've got to serve somebody. It may be the devil, it may be the Lord, but you've got to serve somebody. Second thing I want to talk about is about escalators. There we go. There's a bunch of escalators. Because Paul goes on in this passage to kind of talk about, well, okay, that's great, that theory. How does it actually work out? And I've called this up or down. Psst. I didn't put pst. Choose up. That's what that's supposed to mean. And I hope it'll become clear in a moment or two. 
If you were here when I spoke last time, there's a little verse that's quite well known in Romans 3.23. It says this, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It's a wonderful verse, really, because it contains the bad news that we are all broken people that have broken God's rules. We're all in the same boat. But it also shows that we were meant for glory. We've fallen short of what God intended us to because of our brokenness. We are intended to see God's glory, to live in his glory, to reflect his glory and to shine it out to others. We are glory carriers. You are this morning. You're a glory carrier. And Paul tells us kind of how this works out. This is the same verse in two different versions. Now you must give yourselves to be slaves to righteous living so that you'll become holy. Or in another version, now present your members, that's the parts of your body, your body, your mind, your thinking or whatever, as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification. Sanctification is the word of the week. See if you can drop it in at your office party or somewhere else like that. It'll certainly get a stir, I imagine. But let me have a little look at what does it mean. So to sanctify someone or something is to set that person or thing apart for the use intended by its designer. And holiness means much the same thing, something that is set apart or dedicated for a particular use. Paul is saying we need to be sanctified, we need to be dedicated, we need to be set apart for what we were designed for. My mum, who passed away some years ago, had a wonderful tea set. It's not the one I've shown there, but it was very similar. And she loved this tea set. She was very proud. It was her pride and joy. Uh, And we now have it uh, in our sideboard and occasionally use it. But you see, this, this tea set was sanctified. It was holy. This tea set was dedicated to the poshest people who came to our house. (laughs) Do you get it? Only when somebody really important came and we went in the front room (laughs) did this tea set come out because it was dedicated and its purpose was to impress our important guests who came. We didn't get to drink out of it. We didn't have it every day. It was dedicated. It was set up. Are you getting a feel for what this means? My glasses are sanctified. They're holy. Did you know that? They're designed for me. They won't work for you. They're designed for me. And I am making them holy by using them. I'm sanctifying them right now. Do you get it? It's, a, it's a, a very practical thing. So, so a person is sanctified, therefore, when he or she lives according to God's design or purpose. That's it. That's actually all it is. Big word, really quite simple meaning. We are to keep ourselves for God's exclusive use. He is the honoured visitor that my mum would have got the tea set out for. And it's about what we were made for. So God's plan, you see, Paul is saying, is that we should grow increasingly devoted, dedicated, set apart 
for what God made us for. And God, by his spirit, as we do this, changes us from the inside out, not from the outside in. It's not about keeping rules. It's about changing from the inside out. And listening to God is a key part of that. Here's a verse of the passage from the message. But thank God you've started listening to a new master, one whose commands set you free to live openly in his freedom. Amazing. You've started listening to a new master. And Paul talks about two processes with two masters and two very different outcomes. Here's where my escalators come in. I hope it helps you. Have you ever got on the wrong escalator in a rush and you endure the frustration of sailing serenely to somewhere you don't want to go while the place you did want to go is going somewhere else? And have you noticed how difficult it is to get off in the middle of the wrong escalator? It's a toughie. Let me try and apply this. You see, Paul says you have you are set free. The freedom we have is to choose what we do now. Before we had no choice. Now we have a choice. We can choose down. And what Paul talks about is there is that's when we offer ourselves back to our old master, back to our old ways, back to the things we used to do, back to impurity. And the trouble with this escalator is there's several flights to it. And it, once you start, it leads to lawlessness. And then it leads to more sin. And before you know it, the end result, Paul says, is death. That's our natural state. That's where we were, that God has set us free from. And God encourages us to choose life. To choose the up escalator. To choose what our Bible verse said was wholehearted obedience. Obedience from the heart, from the inside out. Which means that we become slaves of righteousness. Which means we become slaves of God. Which means that we grow in righteous living and in holiness. We are sanctified. That's what he's talking about. And the gift of God we get at the end of that is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. We want to be, I want to be, I trust you want to be on the up escalator. When we make choices to live as Jesus says, we become more like him. Choosing to serve him in obedience sets us apart for his service. And it changes us. It really does. So we're not only truly free, we get changed, we get made holy, we get sanctified every day. It's like the old phrase is really true. Every day, in every way, I'm getting better and better. Because we have a purpose and design that's uniquely ours. If you don't believe me, look at this Bible verse. But we Christians can be mirrors that brightly reflect the glory of the Lord. And as the Spirit of the Lord works within us, we become more and more like him. Are you looking around? All these people here becoming more and more like Jesus. We are changed, as our older version puts it, from one degree of glory to another. Maybe only a degree, maybe only a smidge, but we are being changed day by day from one degree of glory to another as we behold the Lord by the Spirit. 
We are on the up, my brothers and sisters. We are. Because God is at work. How about this? From the Old Testament, the path of the righteous, and we are righteous in Jesus, is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. You know, I've never looked at the dawn and sat at home worrying, thinking, I don't know if it's going to make it till full light, you know. I don't know if we're actually going to get to midday. I mean, really, it could go back down. Do you know, we expect that once the sun starts to appear, it appears in its fullness. But I have looked at my life and wondered whether I was going to make it to midday. I've looked at my life and thought, I can see some glimmers of dawn, but I don't know whether the full sun is coming. Well, God says we need to think differently. There's another verse that says this, He who has begun a good work in you, he will bring it to completion. What an amazing promise for you here this morning, for me. We are a blessed people. We're covered by his grace. We're growing in devotion. We're being changed to be more like him. God looks at who we are and where we're heading, not at who we aren't and what we're not and where we've been. Do you get that? God is not looking at what you were. He's looking at what you can be. He's looking at where you're heading. He's a God of positive speaking over us. And every day we make a thousand and one choices of which escalator we're going to get on. It's part of our lifelong process. So whether you've been a Christian 10 minutes or 20, 50, 60 years, we are still in this process of choosing which escalator are we going to get on. Because God in his mercy doesn't deal with everything all at once. It would kill us. God in his mercy and his grace deals with us kindly. I'm just going to ask to pause for a moment. I'm running out of time, but I do want to take a moment just to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us. I would say to you, what is the Holy Spirit doing in your life at the moment? Because he's doing something in all our lives. And it may be obvious to you, but if it isn't obvious to you, then just pause for a moment and listen. We're just going to be quiet a moment and allow him and just clock what he puts in your heart, what you sense or think or feel or see. However you hear God, just clock what he's saying to you. Spirit, come and help us. Show us what you want us to do. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You are our helper. You are our guide. You are the one who reveals Jesus to us. Thank you that you are helping us day by day to change from one degree of glory to another, to become more like Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Just clock in your mind what you felt God said to you and hold that until a bit later on. But I want to encourage you to listen to the inner voice of the Spirit. He is the one who helps us in this process. Yeah? And it may be this morning you are here and you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Or maybe you have been and you, you are not 
being filled daily, as the Bible tells us. I want to encourage you this morning, you can have an opportunity. This morning, that can happen for you because God runs to help us. He's rushing to help us and the Spirit helps us. So at the end, remember that. So sanctification is becoming, in my book, more like Jesus. The daily, hourly choices. And you can see it at work in the church. I'm privileged. I get to hear things. I see examples of glory, but they don't always look like what you think. I see people walking through really challenging situations with sickness, with other challenges, and I see them holding on to God in the middle of it. And I tell you what I see? I see glory. Do you? I see people hearing God and obeying. I, hear, I, I heard last week of someone moving across the world because God spoke and I see glory. I see mums and dad investing in the costly process of raising the next generation and teaching them God's ways and I see glory. I see people in work situations. I know individuals who are in really tough and pressured situations and they've got people coming to them and they're able to be Jesus to them. They're able to love them and help them. And I tell you, I see glory. I see people giving up money and career to serve in the church. I see people whose lives are changing day by day. I see a young lady who God spoke to and told me that she'd started paying for her carrier bags in Sainsbury's. One degree of glory to another. Obedience from the heart that the Spirit leads us into. It's all about increasing glory. Grace has set us free. So don't be fooled. Don't be fooled to turn back to your old master. And yet, sometimes we do because we are weak and broken and flawed. And God knows it because we lack faith or understanding or confused truth and lies. Because we have false stories working in our heads. You know, some of our patterns of thinking and behavior that we've learned have helped us survive, but actually we have a new savior now. And we need to rewrite those stories in our heads, in our thinking and in our hearts. How do you know? Well, you can tell a tree by its fruit, Jesus said. Yeah? If a way you think, if a, a way you are produces righteousness and peace and joy, then it's something of the Holy Spirit. If it doesn't, it's something else. Dig it up. Ask God to plant a new tree. How do we do that? By turning to God, by presenting ourselves to him, by, by not going back to our ways, but to turning to his ways. This is a lifelong process. I'm still following it. Do you know, if I'm really honest, I thought I'd have been better by now because I've been doing this quite a long time. But I still find things in me that, that I didn't know were there that I don't like. I still find situations where I'm not kind when God has only ever been kind to me. I still find situations where I'm not loving, where God has only ever been loving to me. Where I'm tempted not to be honest when God has only ever been honest to me. I face the choice of which escalator am I going to get on. Am I going to say that negative thing? Get on the down escalator? Am 
Am I going to speak life and positive things and get on the up escalator? Am I going to, am I going to share that juicy gossip and get on the down escalator? Or am I going to just hold back and get on the up escalator? I find that I get ideas that come into my head and I wonder if that's God and then I ignore it. But I shouldn't because most often it probably is. I need to be humble enough because it's my pride that actually stops me most of the time. My pride that actually stops me maybe stepping out and doing something that I might look stupid. I think I'd be used to it by now, wouldn't you? Had lots of practice. Still there. I need to be humble enough not to care if I get it wrong. Humble enough to say, can you pray for me? Because I'm struggling and I need help. I need to be humble enough not to pretend. Because pretending doesn't do anything for God's plan. It hinders what God's doing. It dampens the sight of glory, of change. Do you know that? And we can pretend. We can put up a front that says, you know, everything's fine. I'm great. I scrub up quite well. When inside, something else is going on. We need to be humble enough not to pretend. Openness and honesty about our weaknesses gives God the chance to do something. That's where the importance of community comes in. You know, this is great. I love being here. I love being together. But we can't live here. We need places where we can be real and be known and share our lives. That's why we have small groups, community groups. And I'm telling you, if you're not in one this morning, you're missing out. You're missing out. You're missing out a, a key part of how sanctification works. If you want to know more about that, you can get in touch with me. I will be here at the end, but you can log it at the connect point. I'll get in touch. And finally, what if I make the wrong choice and I do well we know if we come to God and we say we're sorry and he forgives us we carry on I love this being a Christian is like climbing a mountain and when I'm walking up a mountain sometimes I may stumble and fall but I don't go back to the beginning I don't fall back to the foot of the mountain I may stumble and fall, but I can get up and I can carry on where I left off. That's our God. That's grace. Glory to glory that we might become increasingly conformed to the image of his son. That we might become increasingly more like Jesus every day. So let me close with this. God, through Jesus, has set us free singing it this morning so that we can find true freedom in serving him he has destined us for glory he has put his spirit in us God on the inside to guide us in our everyday choices so that his glory in us increases every day and what he has started he will finish God's not a quitter so let's make his job easier Let's get rid of whatever hinders. Let's choose the up escalator. Shall we choose the up escalator? If you don't, if you don't, if you fall, he will pick you up again. But let's choose him and let's become and let his glory shine more and more in this.
this place. Amen.